Well, good morning, New Hope. Glad that you're here with us this morning. Whether you're online or present here with us, we welcome you to New Hope Community Church, to the family of God this morning as we continue in our series called Hands to the Plow. I found an old farm textbook online, and it had a chart showing how many miles are traveled in plowing one furrow or ditch, which was very common. So for a 12-inch furrow or ditch, which was very common in the old days, yeah, you had to walk eight and a quarter miles to plow one acre of field. Can you imagine the thoughts of a 19th century Minnesota farmer as they were going to go out and plow the back 40 like we've all heard about, right? A 40-acre field is roughly a quarter mile on each edge of the field, which makes it a mile all the way around. And so a yoke of oxen to do a 40-acre field and for a farmer to plow behind it with a hand plow, and I got pictures here of what that looks like, would take them 25 10-hour days to do the back 40. Now, it was a good idea that they then decided to get rid of the oxen and bring in the horse. And the reason for this was even though the horse had not as much stamina as an ox, it ate more, it was riled up more at times, and then when it was old, you couldn't really eat it. The ox, you could. But the reason they went with the horse, even though it was more expensive, was because a horse could actually walk just over a mile per hour faster than an ox, and so it took the back 40 from 25 days of 10-hour days down to 16 days of 10-hour days with two horses instead of two ox. So for a farmer in Minnesota to plow behind the two horses, keeping his hands to the plow in the back 40, meant that he had to walk 330 miles to do the back 40. This, people, is a picture of perseverance, right? That is an amazing picture of perseverance. So I tell you this information because our focus today in our series, Hands to the Plow, is hands to persevering, thus the work gloves, right? When Jesus made the statement in Luke 9:62, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. He understood what he was talking about when it came to plowing toward a purpose and persevering. Jesus knew what he was talking about when it came to plowing towards a purpose and persevering. Because when we look at the life of Jesus and his ministry, we see right away in John chapter 3, when 
Jesus starts his public ministry, he's baptized by his cousin, John the Baptist. And when he goes public with his ministry, his main purpose is to go to Jerusalem and die on the cross for you and for me so that our sins might be forgiven and we might be made right with our heavenly father. But the moment he starts his public ministry, we see in his story that he has opposition right away to fulfilling his purpose in Jerusalem by going to the cross. And so in scripture, we see opposition to him persevering toward the cross in four different ways. The first one is opportunity. We see that Jesus goes out right away to the desert, 40 days, 40 nights. He comes back and the devil is waiting for him to tempt him. And he tempts him in opportunity. In Luke 4, 5, it says, the devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor for it has been given to me. Listen, Jesus, why go to the cross? Why take nails for these people? I will give you all the kingdoms, all the authority right now, right now. Why not live at the top in pride instead of live a life of humility and be nailed to a cross? You know what the Bible says. Cursed is anyone who's nailed to the cross. There's this great opportunity for you, Jesus. Get rid of your purpose. Take your hands off the plow. I'll give you authority. I'll give you fame. I'll give you all the opportunity to every day in our lives, we have an opportunity to put our attention elsewhere than what we are to be doing as far as our purpose and keeping our hands to the plow. A second opposition to Jesus persevering to the cross was his opponents. We read in Matthew 9, we see in Luke 19 that the religious leaders were constantly jeering him, constantly bullying him, constantly name-calling, giving him a hard time on his purpose to head to Jerusalem, to head to the cross. They're questioning him constantly, saying, why is he eating with tax collectors and sinners? He's hanging out with these people. They called him a glutton. They called him a drunkard. They called him a friend of tax collectors and sinners. We read over in Luke chapter 4 in the Bible, how furious they were with him right after Jesus starts his public ministry. He goes to his hometown, Nazareth. He opens the scroll of Isaiah and he reads the purpose for which he came so that he could reach the poor, the captives, the broken, the prisoners, and that he could give them transformation and life, forgiveness of sin, eternal life for this life and the next. And it says in chapter four, All the people in the synagogue, when they heard this, they were furious with him. They got up, drove him out of town, took him to the edge of a hill on which the town was built in order to throw him off the cliff. And over in 
John chapter 7. After this, Jesus went into Galilee. He did not want to go about in Judea because the Jewish leaders were looking for a way to kill him. He had opponents out there who were against him, who were trying to move his hands off the plow and trying to get him away from his purpose to go to Jerusalem to the cross. A third opposition to Jesus persevering to the cross was obstruction. Obstruction. We know what obstruction is. An obstruction impedes our way to a passage or it impedes our progress towards something. And we see that Jesus' own family was trying to impede his purpose towards going to Jerusalem to the cross. We read early on in Mark chapter 3 in Jesus' ministry when he's speaking with authority and he's doing miracles. His families didn't get it. And it says in Mark chapter 3, when his family heard about this, they went to take charge of him, for they said, he is out of his mind. They were like ready to grab him and say, hey, get in line. What are you doing? Sort of crazy stuff. We didn't raise you like this, right? And they wanted to pull him off his purpose, his hands to the plow. We see over in Peter's relationship with Jesus in Matthew 19, Matthew 16, sorry. We see that Jesus is talking to his disciples. He's explaining to them, listen, boys, I need to go to Jerusalem where I am going to be beaten by the religious leaders and I am going to be nailed to the cross. And when Peter heard this, he stands in between Jesus and Jerusalem and he says this, It says, Peter rebuked Jesus. It wasn't like, hey, I need to talk to you a second. No, it was, wait a minute. You're wrong, Jesus. And he says, never, Lord. This never shall happen to you. And he gets between Jesus and Jerusalem in order to stop him from going. But Jesus replies to him, get behind me, Satan. Get behind me. Get out of the way between me and my purpose in Jerusalem. Get behind me. You are a stumbling block to me. You are thinking like men, not God. And so we see in Jesus' life, when his purpose is to continue to keep his hands to the plow, to get to Jerusalem, to die on the cross for you and I, that he's given this other opportunities or other opportunities. Why go there when you can do this? He has these opponents that are ridiculing him, trying to kill him before he gets there. And he has obstruction, his own family, disciples, who don't get it, and they're trying to pull him off his purpose. But the last opposition is his own. It's the option of out. He could have opted out. We read in Matthew 26, one chapter, three times when Jesus himself could have decided to opt out of going to the cross. In Matthew 26, verse 36, we see Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane He's talking to his father. Very familiar passage. 
He's talking to his father about an option B to the cross. He's saying, hey, if there's another option, father, let me know. But your will be done. And it said he went, checked on his disciples. He came back a second time. He said, hey, just wondering if you were thinking about it since I was gone. Hey, if there's another option, let me know. But your will be done. He goes, checks on his disciples again, comes back a third time. Hey, just thought I'd give you a little more time, right? And how tough on the father. How tough it was for the father, like, oh man, I just want to pull the trigger and not have him go to the cross, my own son. You know what it's like as a parent when your kid comes at you three different times? Please, pretty please, please. And you're just like, oh, I'm going to hold my ground. And he comes back a third time. Is there an option B? But your will. And he doesn't hear from his father, so he knows. We're still heading to the cross, son. We're heading to the cross. And Jesus gets up and he's walking. And there's this mob that comes towards him. Judas, Peter takes out a sword, cuts an ear off of a soldier. And Jesus said, hey, put away the sword. Don't you know that if I wanted to opt out right now, I could ask my father to send down 12 legions of angels. A legion of angels is five to 6,000 soldiers. So, hey, I could ask my father to send out 60, 72,000 angels to take care of this 300 mob like that if I wanted to opt out. So he had an option, two. And we see in verse 64 then, where he's dragged before the high priest and the high priest asks him this simple question. Are you the son of God? And all he had to do to opt out was to say, no, no. That's it. That's why they were after him because he was claiming to be God. The son of God. All he had to do was say, no, I'm not. All right, you're out of here. And so we see in Jesus' life, when he's plowing towards his purpose, keeping his hands to the plow, man, he had opportunity to put his hands elsewhere. He had opponents that were trying to get his hands off the plow. He had obstruction trying to impede his way to keep furrowing towards Jerusalem. And he could have opted out on his own. Man, think of a farmer persevering in the back 40. I mean, their opportunity. Yeah, I'm just going to get an eight to five job for this. Forget this. Weekends off, beautiful. His opponents, I mean, farming guidelines, farming pricing, you know, corns down, milk downs, whatever. You know, obstruction, man, or I'm just opting out. I got water in the field. My equipment keeps breaking. Or I'm just opting out. I'm going to sell, and they're going to put houses on this land. Farming takes hands of persevering. But what about our own personal life? Think of your own life, keeping your hands to your purpose. What about maybe just your marriage? Every day there's opportunity elsewhere, isn't there? Someone else. You know, oh, the grass is greener in the other field, right? Always greener. It's not. 
where we have opponents. Our world is constantly telling you, get something different. It's in the movies, it's in sitcoms and all that. They make it seem like easy, that's the way you should go. And certainly Satan wants it. We have obstruction. Maybe in our marriage there's bitterness or unforgiveness or man, it seems like we take two steps forward, three steps back. It's so hard. Or there's the option of opting out. Now I'm just going to sign the paper. But marriage takes hands to persevering. It's the reality of it. It's what it is. And when it comes to New Hope Community Church maintaining its vision and mission over this last year of COVID-19, racial tensions, political turmoil, theological differences, staffing changes, decrease in volunteers, managing of dollars and general fund or mortgage, it took keeping our hands to persevering. But this has been the history of New Hope And we will not stop plowing. That is who we are. And so I'm going to share with you a life story of two of our previous pit crew guys. And our pit crew were individuals who for 11 years at the high school loaded in three seven by 24 foot trailers and loaded them out every Sunday for 11 years years. That's 572 times. It was equivalent of moving a 3,000 square foot house every Sunday, loading it up and then loading it out every Sunday, regardless. Let's watch this video. Hi, I'm Brad Wald and uh, I was uh, part of the pit crew back in the day and uh, I wasn't there for the whole 11 years, but there are lots of tales of, uh, we had some real tough times. There were uh, some very cold winter days when uh, it was not canceled and it was 20 below or whatever. And for the guys hooking up their trucks to the trailers, uh, a number of times they had to pull out the torch because the locks were frozen along with our fingers. Whitey Redfield, yeah, it's been eight, nine years, and so I've been reflecting on many fond memories of that pit crew and all the different guys I met, but there were warnings where it was like 20 below out, and I sure didn't want to go to the high school and set up. Why we did it? Boy, it was, it was a wonderful place to be at the time, and uh, we had a great service, and we wanted to provide that for, for everyone. What do you think, Whitey? So again, serving that pit crew, I think it was fun to see the church grow, I saw people become more passionate followers. And again, I think we live in a world that's growing darker and we're the light. We need to bring the light. And I guess through my ministry and serving in that team, I, I saw people grow, grow closer to Jesus. I saw transformation. So uh, why persevere? Why keep going? And why the whole pit crew? Well, certainly a big part of it was uh, we are and we were uh, a very different church, and there were, uh, wow, uh, it seemed like week after week there'd be uh, people that I had never seen before. They were new every week. But then there were also people from the community that maybe I knew from another another place uh, that would show up, and it was just, uh, we, had this, we had this place, and it was at the school, and. I just want to share one scripture. It's from 1 Peter chapter 4. It starts in verse 10. God has given 
each of you a gift from this great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. I mean, it was, uh, we were providing, and what I think is, I, I love our name, we were providing hope. But why do you mention that things are dark and it, it is uh, a really, it's really tough out there for lots of people. But one of the things that we're able to provide, and we did provide uh, at the school and now at our building, was hope. To persevere, I think we're called to serve in various ministries. And just my past experience, being on the pit crew and the new ministries that are taking place, we are called to get involved in church and serve the church. I love the I love the putting your hands on the plow. I grew up on a farm, and uh, if you were on the tractor and you were disking or dragging or cultivating, you could go almost anywhere. But boy, when you were plowing, my dad would say, "Okay, keep your eye on that tree and don't take it off until you get to the end." Because if you didn't, it looked like you know somebody snaking their way through the field. So you had to keep focused. And we, as a church, we, we need to keep focused on, on Jesus. Uh, it, it's easy to get sidetracked and look off to the right or off to the left, but boy, the hands to the plow and keeping your eyes focused, ah, that's why we persevere. Pit crew, amazing. Today we celebrate six years in this building. Today, today. My wife so so you talk about persevering, right? Amazing. I mean, they had opportunity to sleep in or say, hey, I'm going to the cabin this weekend. They had opponents. There were people in the neighborhood who didn't like us. You're too loud pulling in at 5.30 in the morning. You're going by our house too fast. <laughs> 5.30 in the morning, right? You know, church in the school, we don't like it. Letters to the school saying, hey, the church shouldn't be meeting there. We had obstruction. It was 20 below. It was pouring rain and it was 100 degrees, whatever it was. And they could have opted out, right? And it would have been the end of New Hope Community Church. But they persevered. This is why we're asking here, everyone at New Hope, to be involved in this capital campaign. You got information when you came through today or if you got it last week or online, you'll be getting it in the mail. But it's all about persevering, continuing to pay down our mortgage, and being faithful and responsible in our financial side of what we need to do here. Why? So that we can continue to bring the good news of Jesus Christ day in and day out, season in, season out, to East Central Minnesota and beyond. And it takes hands to the plow in every area, serving and giving. And so I ask everybody at New Hope Community Church to plow, to plow. There's persevering synonyms, and I love what they are when you look them up online. It says, keep at it, go the distance, stay the course, stop at nothing, grind away, hammer away. And you know what it says as a synonym? Plow on. It says plow on when it comes to persevering. And here at New Hope Community Church, we will plow on. And that is why today as well, we want to celebrate communion. Because Jesus plowed on, went to Jerusalem, was nailed to a piece of wood for our sin so that we could be forgiven and made right with our Heavenly Father. 
And we want to plow on and bring that good news to East Central Minnesota and beyond. And so are you with me on plowing on? Yes? How about a little bit here? Yes, yes, yeah, let's go. And so you have communion with you. Hold on to it. Continue to sit because Wendy will lead you in that in a moment as the worship team comes out. Three in doing Galatians 6, 9. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Whether it's our marriage, our addiction, our work, our school, a character flaw, and sharing Jesus with our friends and our neighbors and our family. Let's be that people. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for keeping your hands to the plow and your love for us. Jesus, thank you for coming and making it to Jerusalem through all the opposition that we sit here as a bought-back people right with our Heavenly Father. Thank you for keeping your hands to the plow. In your holy name, amen.